I was just, uh, you know, during the beginning of the service, I was just kind of uh, just thinking and, and just was reminded by uh, how thankful I am for this congregation and just was remembering when uh, Warren and I came and how we were in, a, in, a, in the middle of like a really big transition where I was a, a teacher and thinking that we were going to go on the mission field, but we were um, rerouted and and we ended up staying here. And one of the reasons why, you know, we, we felt called not to go on the mission field is because we loved, you know, this church so much. And uh, we just fell in love with you all and with the leadership. And so I was just kind of thinking about um, how that really difficult situation where I was, um, you know, without a, you know, traditional job. And I was just kind of, you know, raking leaves and uh, helping cut down trees and all sorts of different odd jobs. Um, you know, and, and not having a lot of, you know, not having a lot of money, um, you guys just really supported us, you know, with, uh, with prayers and just support. And I was joking with, uh, with Jackie Crosby a couple weeks ago, and Jackie said, uh, Matt, we miss you. And I said, uh, well, she was referring to, because I used to go to the Wednesday, um, Wednesday prayers with, with some of the, the ladies. And so Jackie was referring to that, like, hey, we, we miss you on the Wednesday prayers. And I was like, Jackie, it's your fault. You know, you were... <laughs> You were, uh, you were praying me out, you know, and, and Jackie specifically was, um, was praying with others, pray, and a lot of other people were praying for, for, uh, for me and for my work situation, and, and so, so anyways, and, and that worked out great, and, and I love it, and I was just kind of thinking as we were just going through our, our thing this morning, just how thankful I am for you all and how much we felt embraced the last three years, two or three years that we've been here, and uh, how I have this just awesome opportunity to to um, stand before you and 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 share and and just uh, proclaim God's word and and I just was driving over and I just and I don't take that lightly and uh, so I, I appreciate you um, you just giving me this chance to do this and and sharing and and listening and and uh, if you don't mind we just if I could just pray one more time and just really just ask the Holy Spirit to be with us because I know if it's just you know listening to me talk I know that all of us are going to be disappointed. But if, but if the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, um, he can take my words and um, he could bring, bring life and, and speak to all of us and encourage us. And that's, that's my heart. And I know that's God's heart for this morning. So God, um, we once again come before you in prayer and we just love you. And we want your presence to be here in a thick, tangible way. Lord, we just want to wait on you and just call on your name, Jesus. Speak to us, encourage us, lift us up. I pray for the, the soil of everyone's heart this morning. Or that whether it's through the worship or the word this morning or through the other parts of our liturgy, Lord, I pray that your seed would be deposited in people's hearts this morning. That it would fall on good soil Lord, just prepare our hearts for the rest of what you have this morning for us, for the rest of the day. We just take a couple more moments just to, to breathe you in, Jesus, just to acknowledge that you're here, that you love us. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us, speak to us, be real to us. 
Be real to us in our thoughts, in our hearts. Many of us are tired, weary, fearful, going through things, going through challenges. Lord, I just pray today would be a breakthrough day. Lord, I just pray today that your people, that we would get something that all of us need. All of us came this morning needing something, needing a touch from you, needing a word from you, needing to be refreshed, needing hope. So what I, I know that you, you don't disappoint. You never disappoint. You give us more than we need, more than we would ever want, because you're a good, good father. And you have good gifts for your children. So God, I just pray for that spirit, just rest upon every single one of us. Because you're a good, good father, you have good gifts for us. Open our eyes, open our hearts to that reality this morning. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Awesome. Okay, so uh, if, you, if you guys don't mind uh, flipping open to um, Ephesians 6, and it's 1245 in your pew Bibles. And you can kind of just get ready right there. And I'm just going to give a little bit of a context of what I felt like the Lord was wanting to share. The cool thing is, most of you know, but just a reminder of, you know, Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesians in prison. And, you know, throughout this book of Ephesians, and literally, you know, throughout the whole Bible, what the Spirit of God is communicating to us through Paul and through other, the, the other authors in the, in the Bible the Holy Spirit is communicating to us that we have, each one of us, has a significant purpose and a mission from heaven towards you. That you weren't here, you're not here just by chance, you're not at Holy Cross just by chance or just because it's, a, it's an easy commute, it's right by, it's in your same neighborhood, you're not in the family that you were in by chance, just by the luck of the draw. You're not friends with the people that you're friends with just because of the luck of the draw. But every, I believe that every detail of your life, if God knows every hair that's on your head, how much more does, did God know and God plan for these you know, details of your life? So you're here, you're on this planet, you're in Tallahassee, you're at Holy Cross for a, for a purpose, for a mission. And I feel like Paul is communicating that throughout Ephesians, and that's, you know, obviously a mega theme in all the scriptures. So I think Ephesians communicates a lot of different purposes that, that we have, but the two that I want to highlight this morning before we get into Ephesians 6 is that, you know, we, as believers, we have, we have two purposes. And the first one, I think it's really important it's really easy to forget, but really important and hard to remember. And that is that God created us for a, purp for a purpose, and we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. Someone give me an amen. amen. Come on. You are a part. God has brought you into something that's bigger than yourselves. And a lot of times we kind of regulate, we kind of um, simplify, simplify our lives to just, you know, it's just all about me. It's all about 
what I have going on in my, in my little life. And I have great news to tell you that your life is bigger, your purpose, your mission is bigger than just yourself. God loves you and he isn't just focused on you. He's focused on something so much bigger. And um, what's interesting is I was just reflecting in different aspects of the scripture. You guys correct me if I'm wrong afterwards. Well, actually, uh, send me an email. I might not be ready right after the service. Um, but God doesn't, God sees us as an individual. He loves us, cares for us intimately. intimately. He sees our heart. He loves it. He wants to be with us all the time. But he also sees us in, um, in community. He looks, at, he looks at Daniel. He looks at Betsy. He looks at Sandra. And, he, and, you know, God just doesn't see, you know, Kate or just doesn't see, the, um, see Daniel. But God sees not only Daniel, but he also sees people that are around Daniel. Like, for instance, um, in Ephesians 5.31, you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to turn there. But what Paul says, um, and just kind of like, you know, reading the whole thing, but Paul's talking about husbands and wives. And Paul says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So what I feel like, you know, Paul is communicating is, it's just not about you, but you also are a part of something bigger than yourself. You're connected to your spouse. Like Paul says, the two will become one flesh. So you're part of, it's not just about you, obviously, for all those um, husbands who have learned this the wrong way, I'll be the first one to say, that your, um, your actions and your behavior doesn't just affect you, but it affects um, your, your spouse if you're married. And then for those who, who aren't married, I've got great news for you. Um, Isaiah 54, 5, it says that, um, that if, you know, you, that those... Um, that we are actually, let me just read it. Isaiah 54, 5 says that your maker, God, is actually your husband, for the Lord of hosts is his name. So that's good news for all the people that are not married yet, waiting for their spouse or um, whatever, whatever your situation is, that, that you're actually, you get to be married to, um, to the Lord. And we all will be married to the Lord once we get to the other side of eternity, and that's going to be pretty awesome, I think. So, um, so God sees you, not just yourself, but as with your spouse, but God just doesn't just see you and your, your spouse, but he also sees you as a member of a body. And Ephesians um, 2.12, um, and I don't have to flip there, but once again, I'll just read it. Remember that at a time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you are far away, but you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. So um, Paul goes on to say that, you know, the, um, and he's speaking to the, the Gentiles, Ephesians were the Gentiles, and Paul is going on to say that, you know, there was a time where you were separated from Christ, that there was this huge barrier, you know, sin, that separated you not only from God, but from, from Israel. And because of the amazing work that Jesus did on the cross, that Paul's saying that, that, God, that Jesus actually destroyed the barrier and the wall of hostility. And um, 
And what I was gathering, it, the, the, the barrier and the wall of hostility wasn't just between us and God, but Paul's saying the Gentiles between the Israelites, that, they, that the work on the cross unified us to God, us to, to heaven, but also us to others. And um, that when God sees us, he doesn't just see us as an individual, but he sees us as a part of the body. Like, I might be an arm. You know, you might be a, a foot. You might be a leg. You might be a mouthpiece. Like Paul in um, Ephesians and other places, he talks about the body of Christ being connected together like a body is connecting to, connected together and that we all need each other. So it's just a beautiful picture of, you know, us in this local community, this local church, and the global, um, the global church is that, you know, we all, we have this really cool connection to one another and uh, that God sees us together as one. Another, you know, huge theme of Ephesians is this call is Paul urging, urging us to be in unity with one another. And unity, I think, is uh, a lot deeper than, you know, we all come together, and you guys all know this, but it's just a good reminder. Unity is much deeper than, you know, we all come on a Sunday morning to service and we all kind of, you know, get along and, you know, um, we talk nice to one another. But, uh, but a, a, like a deep unity, what Paul is talking about in Ephesians is like walking in a deep love and reverence for one another, knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm an arm and, you know, an, an, an arm or an elbow, you know, I need, I need a hand and I need a, you know, I need a shoulder. And that each one of us are a different member of the body, and we desperately need one another. And God hasn't called any of us to be lone rangers, just to be on our own, trying to, trying to walk out this life on our own. But um, we were called to support one another, to be in unity with one another, and have a deep love for each other. So am I boring you guys yet? Okay, just joking. Uh, so that was purpose one, God calling us into a, a, a family to be in to be in unity to be connected to one another just like you know purpose a real strong purpose um, communicated by Paul in Ephesians and the second purpose which I really hit me um, this morning when I was just kind of reviewing was um, in Ephesians 5 1 Paul says and I quote be imitators of God I mean, that kind of struck me this morning, like, imitate the Lord. It's like, that's, uh, I don't know why, that's, I, I feel like my whole life I've just glossed over that. But this morning, the reality of what Paul is actually calling us, our purpose and mission, is to be imitators of the Almighty God. Uh, that's a pretty cool game plan, if you ask me. So um, Ephesians 5.1 it says, you know, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for, for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the context that Paul is communicating to the, to, um, the people, to the Ephesians, is imitate God. And the best way that you can imitate God is to love. And it's amazing when you look back at Jesus and you look back at the life of Jesus, look back at the, um, the life of some of the, the, 
all the um, disciples, everything that they did was out of this deep love for, for Jesus and this deep love for people. And to see the exploits, to see the things that were manifested, to see their behavior and their work that kind of flowed out of this place of love was like, was, was incredible. Um, you know, Jesus simply loved people in a really profound way. And what happened? Miracles flowed through his life and through his prayers. People were, were healed. People were set free of, of, um, of torment. People were set free from, from all sorts of stuff just because Jesus loved them and the disciples loved people and God was able to, through the Holy Spirit, move and bring breakthrough and change people's lives, literally transform people's hearts, transform their situations, and transform their circumstances just through us, through us loving, loving others. And um, I didn't, I didn't write it down, but uh, you know, in in John, I forget the exact chapter and verse, but um, Jesus says, "This is how you, this is how the the people that aren't saved will know that you are my disciples. This will be the best witness." that we can have on non-believers is that, um, is that they, will, they will know that, that you're, my, you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And I just want to stress the, those simple ways that we can love. And I'm not just talking about like loving in hopes that, you know, you get, that we get something in return. Because a lot of times, I know with me, I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but I'm always, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you, but well, what do I get in return? Like, what, what's, what's in it for me? And, uh, and love, God so loved the world that he gave. God didn't so love the world and gave, so hopefully, you know, he'd, you know, he'd get something. It, was, it wasn't a, a self-motivating give, but I feel like in the, in the same way that, you know, Jesus was able, Jesus loved like that, his disciples loved that, loved that, just like it says in Ephesians 5, it's like a self-sacrifice, a self-sacrifice love towards other people where we're not thinking a motivation in our heart isn't, you know, at the end of the day, how, how am I going to get a return on this? Or how is this going to come back and, and bless me? What, what's in it for me? But, but a, a selfless love that the word of God says is a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I mean, who, who in this place wants to give a, a, a gift, a fragrant offering that would be like a sacrifice in a, in a way that we could, you know, lovingly express our, our attitude and our admiration for the Lord? I know I, know I do. So. Um, so anyways, kind of sweeping back to um, Ephesians 6, you know, just kind of understanding these two purposes that, you know, God, two purposes, God wants us to be in part of a, part of a, a bigger, uh, um, wants us to be a member of a bigger body, of the, his body, the body of Christ, and also that, that God wants us to be imitators of him, and he wants us to love, and he moves powerfully when we love people. We have to understand that that those two purposes aren't going to come without some pretty strong resistance. We have to understand that we are born, we were born into a war. And that what God's calling us 
to be, the purposes that God has called us to, the enemy isn't just going to sit back and he's not just going to let it happen. But he's going to try to resist us accomplishing God's purpose for our lives. So it's, I think it's just really interesting that the very end of Ephesians, Paul says, okay, I've given you all these instructions on how I want you to live and how I want you to carry out God's purpose for your life. But don't forget, you are in, you're going to be, if you follow me with all your heart and you live in this type of way, there's going to be resistance. And you are actually, a lot of times, going to feel like you're in a war. And Paul's saying, through, in the Holy Spirit, speaking through Paul, is saying, I want to give you tools. I want to actually give you an armor. I want to give you a battle plan for you to be able to accomplish God's purposes for your life. And the reality is that the things that God's calling us to do is more than just our humanity can accomplish. What God's calling for you and for me, the purposes God has for you and me, is bigger and is, requires more than just our own natural gifts and talents. We actually need the inspiration, the power of the Holy Spirit to move through our lives because God's actually calling us to do things that are outside the realm of what we can do. But the good news is, is that God so much wants to fill each and every one of us with his Holy Spirit and equip us with his armor so that we will be ready for the war, that we'll be ready for the battle. When we, when we say, yes, God, I want all the things you have, I want to carry out the purposes that you have so clearly laid out in Ephesians and the, throughout the Bible, Lord, um, God's so good in, in, in getting us ready for that. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and read from Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Everybody there? Okay. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making the supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. So, like I said, in the same way, you would never try to play a football game without first putting on you know, a football helmet and football pads. You would never play a football game without any protection, without any 
defense against getting injured or getting hurt. Paul is saying the same thing. As you go out and um, go out to accomplish the will of God, the purposes of God for your life, for your family's life, for your church, God wants you to say, wait, just take one more moment in the locker room and put on your helmet, put on your pads so that you will be ready. You'll be ready for the fight. You'll be ready for the battle. You'll be ready to move forward in victory. Come on, someone give me an amen. amen. All right. So there's two things that I kind of wanted to highlight just as we're, we're just as I'm kind of um, wrapping up. But I wanted to, um, I just kind of wanted to list once again all the different, um, the, the, the armor that God has, has given us. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of, of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The two things that I just wanted to briefly highlight was the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we all desperately need the belt of truth. We all, in order to accomplish the things that God has for your life, you need the truth in here and up here. And what is the truth? The truth is who God says that you are. God loves you unconditionally. There's nothing that you can do to earn his love, to make him love you more. He loves you so, so much. And you need to know that you are a child of God, that you need to know you are seated, seated in heavenly places. You need the truth inside of you. You need the truth deep inside of you. And if you don't know the truth, then when you try to go walk forward with the Lord, and, you know, something happens, like a circumstance comes up or, or a difficulty comes up, then those circumstances are going to, like, rattle your what, what is truth. And it's going to rattle and make you question who God is and who you are to God. Like you step forward in faith and all of a sudden, you know, um, you know finances are tight. What the enemy wants to whisper to you is, see... God doesn't really have the best, your, your best interests in mind. See, this is all, you know, a pipe dream, that God doesn't care about those little things. You know, you're on your own. And the, the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, that the, that the enemy is the father of lies. I remember this joke that my dad used to like to, to, to share is, and I hope there aren't any lawyers in the room. I don't want to offend any lawyers. But my dad used to say, do you know when a lawyer is, um, is lying? Do you know when a lawyer is lying? When he's moving his mouth. It's like the enemy is a father of lies. When do you know that the enemy is, is lying? When he's moving his mouth, when he's trying to talk to you. Nothing that the, the enemy says is, 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 is what God says, is what God thinks about you. The enemy perverts truth. He lies. He wants to discourage you. He wants to get you off of the path that God has for you, and he'll do whatever it takes to get you off of the path that God has for you. He'll use distraction. He'll use fear. He'll use temptation. He'll use whatever will get your eyes off of Jesus and on your own problems and your, your own life. So we have, to, we have to remember who we serve. We need to remember who God is, how powerful he is, 
how awesome he is and how, who, how he thinks of us, that we are, we are loved by him, that he doesn't look at us and, and he doesn't say, man, you no good, rotten sinner. Um, he, he loves you. There's, 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 no, there's no shame when God looks at us. You know, his love casts out all fear. God loves you so much and he has such good things for you. So we need to have the belt of truth around us all the time. And number two, the one thing, the, the other truth that uh, I wanted just to go over was the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Um, and I think it's so important that as we're moving forward with God's purposes and God's plans for your individual life, for your family's life, and for, your ch- for the church, is we have to devour the word of God. We get so much from our culture, so much of our culture so much of the sights and sounds are trying to influence our core values. And if, if we're not plugging away, if we're not devouring what God says in, her, in, in his word, if we're not devouring it, if we're not reading it every day, we are going to be swayed by the opinions. We are going to be swayed by the influences of the world. And a lot of what society says might be, or what the world says might be good advice, but it's not what the word of, totally what the word of God is saying. And so with all of this, all these noise, all these voices that we get through culture, through our society, I mean, hundreds, maybe even thousands of times throughout our day, trying to influence us, trying to, to influence the meditations of our heart, trying to um, influence our, our core values and our thought processes, we need to be in the word, to know what the word says, and actually let God's word influence our heart, influence our thoughts, influence our core values. So what's important to, in here, what's important to God, is desperately important to us. Amen. So the sword of the spirit, come on, we need, to, we need to use our sword. We need to use our sword on a daily basis. Read, read, our, read the word, declare the word, declare the word over our life, through our, over our children, over our marriage, over our, our work, over our church. The word of God um, is, is powerful. It's like a two-edged sword. And um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a powerful force that sometimes we, we often um, underestimate. And the, the last part um, that I just wanted to mention was... Um, what kind of Paul wraps up talking about the armor, armor of God. And he says, um, he says, pray for one another, pray for all the saints um, diligently on all occasions. And um, there's, there's such an importance for us praying, praying for each other at all times. And Paul actually says praying in the, in the spirit. And I just want to encourage, encourage you um, if you've been given a gift of um, praying in your prayer, prayer language, just make that part of your life that, you know, praying in the spirit, praying in the gift of tongues, praying in your prayer language, because those, Paul says, praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, you're not praying to man, you're not talking to man, but you're talking to God. And so along with praying with our words, constantly praying, um, those times we, God's also calling us and Paul's encouraging us also to to pray, to pray in the spirit. Um, so pray for, 
Pray for the saints. And Paul says also, pray for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I think there's a responsibility that God wants to, um, for all of us to, to sign up to in praying for one another. And also, you know, Paul says, you know, pray for me. And, and Paul was, you know, one of the main leaders of the whole church um, during this time. So I think there's... Um, what you kind of can glean from it is Paul saying, hey, pray for me. I'm, 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 one, I'm one of your leaders, and um, pray for me. And I think there's a, a responsibility for all of us is to, uh, to pray, for, pray for our leadership because um, the enemy, it, feel, it seems like I've, I've seen that the enemy wants to, to target leaders because he knows how what kind of uh, platform and what kind, the enemy knows what kind of platform and what kind of pedestal God's put on certain individuals. Certain individuals to, to influence, to influence large bodies of people, influence uh, culture, influence society. And um, that I feel like God, uh, the God through um, Paul is wanting us to remember, pray for our leaders. They, they carry a heavy burden every every Sunday they carry a heavy burden throughout their throughout the week and um, that pray that they would be bold in in sharing the gospel that they would be that they would be protected and I feel like that the Lord um, wants all of us just to be reminded I mean something that we do you know so beautifully with the prayers of the people is, is praying for for our all our leaders our government leaders and our, our spiritual leaders as well and our prayers you know um, creates, I think, I believe, like a, a, a force field in the spirit, like a, a, a godly strong tower, like a, a fortress, like an, an armor. Our prayers, um, God uses, the Holy Spirit uses to protect our leaders. God uses our prayers to fill up our leaders, to refresh them, and to, to help them move forward as they lead, um, as they lead us and as they lead the, the church. So, um, so anyways, I just kind of wanted to, this morning, just turn up, turn up our faith, turn up, turn up the juice, and help us to remember that it's so easy just to get into the day-in and the day-out routine of life, and sometimes it's, for, it's easy to forget the, the purpose that God has for you as an individual, but also the purpose that he has for you as a member of a larger body, and for, you to be hung, for us to be hungry for it. For us to be, for for us to want it, for for it to be like really, really important to us, like for us to to make a stand to say, God, I don't want to pass on this other side of eternity. I don't want to go another year, or another five years, or another ten years without accomplishing what you have for my life. And um, and we need each other. We need the full armor of God, and we need prayer in order to get there. And so I just wanted to kind of be like. Be like a, a, a general or Vince Lombardi or Bobby Bowden and just do a rally, just a, a, a rally call for all of us of this is, this is really important. No other thing that we have going on in our lives is as, as, important, as important as Jesus getting his full reward and God's plans and purposes for your life being fulfilled. And it's, 
It's worth any price, any sacrifice, anything that we have to give up or we have to press through or we have to overcome in order to accomplish it because Jesus is worthy of it. Jesus died a horrible, torturous death in order for us to be close to him, for us to be close to each other, and for us to accomplish the things that he has for our lives. And let's just go for it. Let's just want it. Let's just press into it because on the other side of eternity, we'll be able to look back and say, man, I'm so glad I didn't, I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't settle. I'm so glad I didn't get distracted because of what I get to experience, what I get to, to, um, to enjoy with, with, with my creator, with my savior. So with that, I just want to close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and we know that you have so much love in your heart for us. Lord, we just thank you for your death on the cross that you push past discomfort. Lord, you push past all the barriers, God. And you despised the shame, but you went through it anyways. So Lord, I thank you for what you did on the cross and what you did, Lord, in the resurrection, in the victory. And I pray, God, that all of us will be able not, will, would be able, with the grace of the Holy Spirit, to be able to put our eyes on you, Jesus, and that there would be a cry in our hearts to say, I was created, I was born for more. I was born, I was created. Jesus did the work on the cross so that I would be able to enter into all that he has, that I would be, enter, be able to enter into his purposes, to his will. So God, I just pray for the grace, Lord, and the, and the peace and the joy to say yes to you, to say yes to you. Whatever it looks like for everybody's um, situation, Lord, that you would just give us the grace to say yes to what, what you're calling us to do, Lord, whether it's to grow in our relationship with you, to, to get into our word, to be devoted to our relationship with you, to make amends with other people in our life, to grow in our relationship with our spouse, to, to reach out to our neighbors, to preach your gospel, to, to, to launch out in your ministry. God, just give us the grace to say yes and put a holy hunger in our hearts that we would be ruined we would not settle for anything less than what you have, your plans, your purposes. Give us the grace to do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. All right.